0: a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy helmet hi everybody i hope you're doing well staying safe we're slowly beginning to reopen over here and it's strange what will the world look like when we're back If you're wondering the same thing, you will not want to miss out on my bonus episode this month where I explore what my predictions are for the interior design industry. I have already noticed a big shift at affordable interior design. Some shifts that have really surprised me. Uh, I'm getting a lot of questions from clients, uh, future clients as well as past clients asking me, you know... Are these things still going to be available? Are people still shipping? What's happening right now? And I'm excited to update you guys because is anybody else a big fan of those Cuomo updates? Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, updates us every day with uh, the latest. And I find myself waiting for his Updates, watching those Facebook lives like they are a lifeline for me. I block out that time every day and it's different every day. So I wait on his Facebook feed to see when he's going to go live. I make sure to schedule my homeschooling around it so my kids are having free play at that time and I can go out to the backyard and sit on the furniture and just get in my zone or I can be making their lunch at that time. Or having brunch at that time. I even listen on the weekends. Yes. And I find it to be so calming and reassuring not only to have somebody who's continuing with some kind of consistency during this very uncertain time. But also to have somebody who's forward thinking, uh, staying in the present, telling us what's happening right now, but looking to the future and saying, this is what I think is going to happen. Based on the numbers, this is what shows is going to happen. I know that you guys are listening internationally, and in some places, you're way ahead of where we are here in the States and in New York, and in some places, you're a little bit behind. Maybe you haven't hit your peak. Maybe you're not yet um, flattening your curve. Maybe you're still being hit pretty hard by this virus, um, but I think we're all being hit hard emotionally and um I know some industries are being hit pretty hard and the interior design business is one of them. So if you want to hear that bonus episode where I set forth my predictions, things that I'm seeing right now as well, uh, you will want to become a premium member. It's also the best way to show your support for this show. You can head over to affordableinteriordesign.com podcast. Once again, affordableinteriordesign podcast, and you can learn more about becoming a member for as little as $5.99 a month. I would really appreciate it. All right, guys, the one thing that is consistent and that I look forward to every week is answering your questions, and more and more of them keep pouring in, which I really appreciate. My first one today comes from Megan. Megan writes Hi, Betsy. Here is my question: to drape or not to drape? I have never thought my living room needed drapes as I was going for a bright, airy feel. And once I read that Vincente Wolf doesn't do drapes on air rooms. However, since listening to your podcast, I'm beginning to wonder if it would add texture and perhaps color, I'm saying nervously. Don't get me wrong, I love color. Just look at my rug and my inspiration piece over the dining table and my royal blue couch. However, I feel a little maxed out on color to be honest. I'm looking to add some more color punches in the form of throw pillows. And with the wall not being much longer than the window and two pieces of furniture flanking it, do I even have enough room for drapes? If so, would you go for golden yellow or off-white? My 60-30-10 is white, royal blue, and golden yellow. Overall, my two words are Funky Farmhouse, but here's the thing, I adore mid-century pieces. This is kind of another question in and of itself, but I'm going to ask it here anyway how can i combine the two do they work together for example my couch is in an otherwise fairly rustic room the brown couch is going to be a place filler until we can afford this new one we have a long list of plans but we must pace ourselves does this couch work with the style of the space i know you're feeling on leather but i am completely obsessed with the style the color and the price All right, so let me get to these questions before I move on to your next set of questions. Okay, so you're asking me about drapes. Drapes are an architectural addition. In other words, you have to check with the architecture of your space to see if it is um, appropriate, to see if it's innately a part of that architecture's landscape. Now, your home does not particularly as I'm peeking inside, tell me what style of architecture it is externally. I can't tell if it's an older style home. I'm really not seeing many moldings. There is a baseboard molding, but there's no crown at the top. Um, Everything seems fairly open and contemporary. I tend to put drapes on any window that can't... or. Let me let me rephrase that. I put drapes on any window where it can accommodate them, and where there's not a reason not to. Um, in a place like a converted loft where the windows are really high, maybe they're really wide, you don't need drapes. But in a place like a pre-war apartment building or an older style home, drapes are innate. They just belong. Like I said, I can't get a handle on your particular architecture, but internally, you sure could visually use the drapes. You have lots of nice walls, but they're pretty blank. I love drapes because they take the onus off the artwork. You can make a really cool statement with a drape without having to hang something and they can help to take up some wall space for you. The other thing I love about a drape is they can add a splash of color to your walls without painting your walls a true Roy G. Biv color. Here your walls appear to be a neutral, maybe a shade of off-white or grayish. And I think that this room would really benefit from some drapes. Additionally, I don't see a radiator or a window air conditioner or anything that would prevent me from using the drapes. And a fully dressed window has both blinds and drapes. You already have blinds and I would not remove them. You can manipulate the blinds day to day to get that privacy and light filtration. But you leave the drapes at the side to emphasize the height of your space to add that splash of color I was mentioning to add the visual softness and just to make it look more compelling you need drapes I love that you have used color yes the blue sofa is a nice big punch of color your patterned rug also provides a beautiful color palette I'm not saying these drapes have to be a color but if we're looking at your room I'm always thinking about balance does The one side of the room have elements that are also reflected on the other side of the room. And here you have not well distributed your color. On the right hand side of the room, when I'm looking at the fireplace, there's lots of color. There's a blue sofa that has yellow pillows. There's a compelling piece of art above the dining table. But when I look at the other side of the room... I'm seeing a brown couch, a white end table, a brown bookcase, neutral pillows on that brown couch, as well as a neutral blanket. There's only one tiny piece of art on the wall that offers any pop of color. I want you to balance out these elements visually so your room does not feel so divided. You need some drapes. Okay, let's go to your next question. My last question for today is light fixtures. We are stuck with the ceiling fan for now, but I want to swap out the pendant in the dining area. I understand that scale is a problem in this space, but the dining table is not going anywhere as it is an heirloom and we love it. But I feel like at least having the appropriate size fixture would help its chances of feeling more appropriate. I'm thinking the candlestick chandelier below is not heavy, so it will allow for us to see through it to the kitchen window as it covers the cutout. Thank you ever so much. All right, yes, you do have this open concept space, Megan, where the dining area is in the same room as the living area, and then there's a pass-through window to the kitchen. So it's all very open, and you wouldn't want it to get too... um, Visually cluttered or separated with something big and bulky that you couldn't see through in terms of a fixture above the dining table. However, you do want the fixture above the dining table to be working properly and I don't just mean turning on and off properly I mean being in the correct scale for the table the table is long and chunky it looks to be between 72 inches and 84 inches long based on the number of chairs I can see you're getting around it which is six three on either side um So the first problem I see with this is that you need that chandelier centered over the table and it does not appear to be centered over the table. It's on a swag, which is great, but you just want to make sure that you swag it far enough so that it lands smack dab in the middle of this table. The other thing that you want to consider is if the table is longer than 72 inches, sometimes I prefer an elongated chandelier. In this case, I'm fine with your smaller chandelier because it's an open concept space. Do I love the style? Ho hum. Do I notice that the silver finish from the chandelier is incongruous with the black metal finish on the bar stools that are right under the pass-through? Also they appear to be incongruous with the black or oil rub bronze finish of the ceiling fan. So do I think that there are some metal agreement issues? Heck, yes. Does the chandelier look special or unique? No. Uh So that's really my problem with this fixture. Not necessarily the size, but more the finish and the look. Because while you're telling me this is funky farmhouse, I'm not seeing it. I'm seeing the wood grain, which to me does read farmhouse. But I'm not seeing the funk in anything besides this blue sofa. Now, a ceiling fixture, a chandelier, can really make a bold statement. How can we help this chandelier to either bring the funk or bring the farmhouse? Because for me right now, it's not bringing either of those. When you do create a two-word phrase, make sure that you shop with that phrase in mind. That's the whole point. So as you're sourcing more things for this room, I want you to ask yourself is it funky? Is it farmhouse? And if it's neither of those, it does not belong. But also you don't want things to skew to farmhouse. And farmhouse does not just mean wood. I think people often get in that trap that they think exposed wood grain is farmhouse and they kind of can't think outside that. Farmhouse is so much more than that. Whether it's a distressed finish, whether it's a painted wood, whether it's a dark metal, which I generally associate with farmhouse, there's lots of other ways to reflect that style other than just layering more wood tone. All right, Megan, I hope that helped. I think you're off to a great start, and I love that you're thinking critically about these elements, but now you need to go through and check your work. You know the right answer, but you need to make sure that you're incorporating those correct answers into your space. That was a little bit of tough love, but I know you can take it, and I'm excited to see what you do with it. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Victoria, Victoria writes, Betsy, my husband moved into his office in August. He won't let me make all my design dreams come true, but he will let me help. His newest request is helping him design his bench. Both of us are at a loss. What is it? What's the point? How do we turn this into something functional? He is a pastor, so he has a lot of books. He's got a bookcase on the wall to the right and a whiteboard on the wall to the left. He wants another bookcase for his growing library. But it is a small office, so we are quickly losing space, and this awkward bench does not help. Advice, please, what would you do with this office? all right so what you're referring to as a bench is actually kind of this built-in structure so it is this built-in it has an outlet in it it looks like a window seat but there's no window above it and you know the bench itself i'm gonna call it a window seat or a banquette i think i'd rather call it a banquette frankly is about 18 inches high the height of a seat or a typical bench it looks to be about 18 inches deep but then there's a chair molding or a piece of molding that's at about three feet high and that's when the ceiling begins to slope at an angle. I feel like this bench or banquette or whatever you want to call it is probably concealing something inside that is structural. I'm thinking that it was not just put here for decorative purposes because it's so arbitrary. Like who wants to sit there, especially with the angled ceiling right above your head? Most of us would not even fit in that little nook. So I'm thinking that there must be a different reason of why they've built it out this way. If there is not a different reason why they built it out this way, you just need to demo this weird thing because not only have they built it in a very awkward location that appears to serve no real function, but also they have put lipstick on this little piggy by adding lots of molding uh, to its edges, which makes it look more conspicuous. It's almost like this white outline around this awkward thing. And it really serves only as a clutter shelf, right? A place for him to put things, but not to actually create any systems. It's just kind of like a window ledge that's deep. People just feel really drawn to cluttering it up with, say, pictures or keys, but it doesn't serve any real function. Because he has so many books, I would rather you take this three foot high opportunity to put a low bookshelf from wall to wall. That way he can easily access his books while he's working and you get that additional storage. It would basically be like a bookshelf on its side, but because it would go from one side of the room to the other, you could really store a lot of books there. And then, of course, it could be shallower than this 18 inches that I'm guesstimating. So that way, the room itself could become a little bit larger in terms of usable floor space. I feel like this built-in is just a problem all the way around. The sooner you can eliminate it, the better. Now, what if you tell me, Betsy, we absolutely cannot eliminate it. There's something there inside that's preventing us from doing that. Or, um... We just don't have the funds or the desire to crack it open. All right. I get that too. You could line books from side to side and get that one long shelf experience in front of the books. He could put baskets. Maybe one basket is like an inbox, right? Maybe another basket is papers to tackle later. I myself have three baskets. One basket on a bookshelf that is for extra paper where I'll like doodle on the back of the paper, just scrap paper that I don't want to throw away because it has one perfectly good side and I'm always brain storming. I have another basket that's client projects, so all my client questionnaires and dossiers go in there and then I dig through it whenever I'm trying to look back at a past client. And then I have another basket for papers I need to deal with right away. Basically that inbox. I think that might be a great way for him to get some of these papers off his desk to get some book storage and also be able to corral some of these stray papers. But with something like an organizational system, you want to make sure that it works for him. Because you can create a system that works for me the three basket system, and he may never use it because it's not organic to the way that he works. Organizational systems are so personal that you really need to collaborate together to figure out how to make this bench not a decorative eyesore, but a functional experience that can do some work in this tiny office space. Well, Victoria, I hope that helped. Let me get to my last question of the day. My last question of the day comes from Megan again. Megan from uh, earlier in this email. All right, I'm sorry, not email. I'm reading her email from earlier in this broadcast. She writes, hi, Betsy. I have a quick question for you today. We have white dove walls and are needing to redo our trim. What color trim do you recommend for white dove walls? I know white dove is one of the most common trim colors. So do you just match, but in a semi-gloss, of course? Or would you want a brighter white, but still with a warm undertone? Thank you, Megan. Yes, I do like the trim to be a brighter white than the wall color. Not only will it be a different finish, it can either be semi-gloss or it can be a pearl finish depending on the finish of the walls, but then you do want it to contrast with the wall color. You don't want this to look like a super cheap landlord special where the landlord just comes in, buys a 10-gallon bucket of paint, and paints everything the same shade. You want there to be Contrast between the trim and the wall color. And that's what I would do in this case. So just go for a whiter, brighter pup of white, and you don't necessarily need to do a warm white. You could find that there would be contrast in doing a cooler or bluer white. So you just want to think about your style, you want to think about the room, and you want to make sure that there is a white that's lighter and brighter than your white dove. All right, Megan, I hope that helped. Guys, do you have burning questions for me? I know you are sitting around your homes right now, safe at home, maybe you're quarantining, and you're thinking, wow, that artwork is really bugging me. Would Betsy like this rug? What would she think of my light fixture? Well, don't hesitate. Send me your questions. Now is the perfect time. You can send them over to info at affordableinteriordesign.com. Once again, info at affordableinteriordesign.com. And I will be happy to answer them on an upcoming podcast. Guys, until next week, stay safe, wear your mask, wash your hands, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.